everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tea Time with Tommy, the pro wrestling podcast with Tommy, Norbs, and me, Brittany. And today we have wrestling professional Lodi. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you. No problem. Um, how about we usually let our guests like uh, give an introduction to ourselves to our listeners. So just give us a lowdown of who Lodi is. Oh, wow. That, that's a long story there. Uh, real quick, you know, Lodi started wrestling back in 1995. And so that's uh, going on 26, 27 years ago almost. And I had a stint with W7 World Championship Wrestling on TV for a while and then wrestled overseas and had a couple of injuries and a couple of neck surgeries and continue to wrestle this day. And so I'm very blessed that I'm able to take something that I love with my professional wrestling and combine it with spreading the gospel. And so one of the best things about me wrestling today is I get a chance to share Jesus everywhere I go. So I put those two together, and I'm very blessed to still be able to do it at my age. And the fact that people will still pay to come watch me wrestle is amazing to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm impressed oh. about the physique you, you kept up with your age. <laughs> it's been a lot of work and a lot of surgeries along the way. <laughs> well, That's uh, great. Yeah. And once again, Loli, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, we have to ask, uh, what um, what got you into the uh, pro-, pro wrestling industry? Like, uh, what uh, inspired you to become uh, a professional wrestler? As a young kid, I grew up in North Carolina. And so as a kid, I grew up watching Mid-Atlantic and NWA World Championship Wrestling uh, you know, back in the 80s and early 90s as a kid. And going to the Greensboro Coliseum once a month and watching guys like Nikita Koloff and Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair and Arn Anderson and the Road Warriors and all these guys who were just larger than life. You know, these big superhero, you know, real life living superheroes were guys that I just I idolized as a kid. I want to grow up and be like them. I want to play football. I want to be a big meathead bodybuilder. And I had a personal training studio once I graduated college and had a guy come in one day and ask me if I'd be interested in sponsor our local wrestling show. And one thing led to another and he actually hooked me up with his original wrestling trainer and so I started training him in the gym and he taught me how to wrestle his name was C.W. Anderson ended up wrestling at ECW and one of my lifelong friends in the business and after about a year and a half I ended up going down to the world championship wrestling to the power plant and trying out for their school and getting in and meeting a character by the name of Raven down in Atlanta who had just come down from ECW and I went to work for him as his personal trainer and then his personal assistant and three months later, I'm on TV, and Lodi is, um, becomes a household name as far as WCW concerns with Raven's Flock. Amazing. Pretty awesome. Um, speaking of WCW, your, your career there, how was it like working with uh, Eric Bischoff and later on Vince Russo in, in uh, WCW? You know, I get that question a lot, and um, I, I don't have anything negative to say about Eric because I know some people slam Eric for this or for that. Um, he typically worked with the top guys. And so Eric was dealing with Hogan and the NWO and all that stuff, whereas Raven and Canyon and uh, the, the guys we work with, the flock and the mid-card guys, worked more with Kevin Sullivan and Dusty Rhodes and uh, Terry Taylor had more of a hand in booking our stuff than, than Bischoff did. I actually had a couple of discussions with Bischoff later on when I became uh, one half of the West Hollywood Blondes with Lenny Lane. That, that tag team, we had some um, – uh, issues with outside the company. And so we, we got to talk to you by Eric on more than one occasion for that. Uh, but as far as day-to-day stuff, I didn't have a whole lot of dealings with Eric. 
and we were taken off TV by uh, AOL Time Warner uh, for some complaints we got over the West Hollywood Blonde thing. And while we were off TV, WCW brought in Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara. So my first and, and initial episodes with Vince Russo were over him trying to get Lenny and I back on TV and every idea they pitched got shot down. And when they finally brought us back in that standards of practices gimmick, which we thought was horrible and did not want to do, but we thought we just need to get back on TV. We've been off too long. Uh, they laid out something for us and we went out on TV and did it and everything they promised us that first night to get us back on TV, they changed the next week. And so uh, I didn't have a whole lot of good things to say about Vince Russo throughout my early career and early dealings with him. Uh, obviously, since then, it's water under the bridge, and I've forgiven all that stuff and moved on. But didn't have a lot of good things. I mean, just because he and Ed promised us one thing, and, and the first night they got us back on TV, they totally changed gears of what they were doing with us. And so it kind of felt like we have been misled a little bit. So not, not the um, happiest time of my career there. Yeah, yeah. And I'm curious, like, although that wasn't the happiest time uh, in your career, how do you just, like, push through that? You know, the thing was, Lenny and I had been taken off TV by a group called GLAD, Gay and Lesbians Against Defamation. And so we had to get approval from AOL Time Warner to get back on TV. And every every character change or everything that Ed Ferrara and Vince Russo came up with, they shot down. And so when they came up with the standards and practices thing was kind of an inside joke to get us back on TV because that was the group they had to get everything by. Um, you know, Lenny didn't want to do it at all. And I just thought, if we got back on TV, we can get anything over. And we went out on TV, got beat up the first night by Crowbar and David Flair, and then we're left off TV for the next two weeks, which was, oh, not, the story we, which was <laughs> not the story we were originally given. And so that was kind of a hard pill to swallow. And then we actually came out with Miss um, Hancock, who turned out to be Stacey Keebler. Her first job on TV was working with us. And we worked with her for a little while. But during that time, Vince Russo and some of the guys got pushed out. And Kevin Sullivan took over some of the booking. And Kevin really loved mine and Lenny's work. And we got to drop the suits and drop Miss Hancock and kind of go back to just wrestling. And it was shortly after that when the, the WW sinking ship started going down fast. And we both got let go shortly before the sale to WWE. Oh, amazing, amazing story, Lodi. Um, a lot of, a lot of uh, wrestling pro wrestling fans know you as the West Hollywood Blondes with Lenny. Right. Uh, amazing, amazing uh, team, tag, legendary tag team. How was that experience like, and what did that mean being uh, partners uh, with Lenny during that time at WCW? I tell this story because it's one of my favorite ever. I, I didn't know Lenny very well. I worked on TV with a flock, and we've been on TV for a couple of years, and Lenny was what we call an enhancement guy. He came in, would do a job here or there, a spot here and there. But when the flock broke up, Lodi was kind of off on his own. I was doing some stuff on Saturday night. Terry Taylor had given me a gimmick where I had a, a loaded glove and I'd knock people out with a loaded glove type thing. But Lenny pulled me to the side and said, you know, what are you doing with your character right now? What are you guys doing with, with the loading? I'm like, really not a lot. He goes, maybe we could be a tag team. And, and I truly looked at him and I said, Lenny, you're an enhancement guy. What are we going to be, Lenny and Lodi, the losers? I mean, what, what, what do we do? What are we, where are we going with this? <laughs> and he said, you know, you, you ever watch Saturday Night Live? And, you know, you got that cartoon with Ann Beagle, CK Duo. We could not say we're doing that, but, like, we could do a vignette. We're walking down the beach eating ice cream. I drop mine and you hand me yours and whatever. And the funniest thing was, like I said, I didn't know Lenny very well. I said, Lenny, if you'll put this on paper, I'll take it to Nash, who at the time was booking and Nash and I were a little closer than Lenny and I was. And I knew Lenny would never type this up and bring it to me. 
Two weeks later at TV, Lenny shows up with three pages of a typed character thing for the West Hollywood Blondes. And I took it to Kevin Nash, and he read the first line and said, guys, get out of here. We can't do this here. And, like, throws it on the desk. I said, see, I told you, Lenny. And so we walked out. I'm like, good job. Lenny. We're never going to work here again. And I got a phone call. I was, living in West Ho- I was living in West Hollywood at the time. I was in California. So that, this is what was really funny about this. I got a phone call from one of my buddies, Ross Foreman, who still works for Impact to this day. And he was good friends with Kevin. He goes, you'll get a phone call in about five minutes from Kevin Nash. They want to do the gimmick that you and Lenny pitched at Nitro on Monday. He hung up on me. And I was in a meeting with my manager out in L.A. And about 10 minutes later, Kevin Nash called and said, hey, kid, what you doing next Monday? I'm like, it all depends. What do you need, Kevin? He said, I need you at Nitro. We're going to do that deal. And I said, all right, I'll see you. And so that was the start of the West Hollywood Blondes. And a lot of people don't know this, but Dusty Rhodes was very instrumental behind the scenes in giving us a whole lot of our verbiage and our stuff we did. And Lenny and I, to not know each other, all of a sudden got thrown into this tag team. And the chemistry we had on TV was the same kind of chemistry we, we shared off camera. We rode together. We roomed together. We worked out together. We went from not knowing each other to becoming best friends. And so much of the stuff we did on TV actually was ad lib and, and just stuff we came up with in the ring. It was amazing. I've never had chemistry with another tag team partner like I did with him. And I think that was one thing that came through and everybody saw that we were having a good time doing what we were doing. And it was one of the most fun times of my life when we were doing the West Hollywood Blondes. Thanks yeah. for sharing that with us, Lodi. Wow. Yeah, amazing story. I mean, like, uh, you, you just formed a, a good tag team. You were very entertaining, and and you became good friends um, later yeah. on, which is, which is amazing. Like, I, I, um, I was uh, always entertained by, by you guys when I was watching WCW in my, in my teens. Um, one of the signature trademarks that you, that you had um, back in the day was uh, – uh, showing up with uh, cardboard signs, which is like so unique, and it was a—it's a fabulous idea. I know uh, Sammy Guevara uh, in AW is doing that now with the, with the cardboard signs during the commercial break. Um, yeah. Where was where was the idea of the cardboard signs? Uh, that, that where did that came from? So Raven obviously was the leader of the flock and the head of our group. Raven was instrumental with a lot of the characters up at ECW. Some people know this, some don't, but. There was a side guy, Dudley, at one time. And so Raven had kind of given him that gimmick. So when he put me in the flock to take Stevie Richards' place, he said, hey, maybe you start doing the signs again. And we can do that here, the same thing we did ECW. So it's kind of a running joke between me and uh, Louis Dangerously, which he became later on, over you know me getting the, sign guys, getting the signs over on WCW, even though he did it first at ECW. And, and there was always um, you know, just a fun little ribbing back and forth between the two of us. Got a funny story of uh, when I left WCW, I still carry the signs of this day. It's still my trademark. I, I don't show up yeah. without my signs. <laughs> and David Flair and I are good friends. And David was not a great wrestler. But when David got let go from WCW, he and I did a lot of indie shows together because we both lived in Charlotte. And David was always late, forever a day, always late meeting me, always running late to the show. And one of my standard things is whoever I'm riding with, we got to stop and get the poster board. we got to get the signs for my gimmick. And we're running late one night. I'm like, David, don't forget, we got to stop and get my signs. And he's like, Lodi, man, can you just one night? Everybody knows who you are. Show up without the signs. It's not a big deal. I said, David, me showing up at a wrestling show without my signs would be like you showing up at a wrestling show without your last name. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to work. 
He puts on the brakes immediately and pulls into like a CVS. Go get your signs, Lodi. That is incredible. Wow. I love that. I love that. And I'm really curious about what you're, you're doing now. So after the WCW was purchased by WE, you went to become an author, you're a personal trainer, um, you're spreading the word of God. Like, tell us about yeah. what you're doing afterwards. Yeah, so um, when I first left WCW, Lindy and I toured overseas some. We worked with World Wrestling All-Stars. We did Australia, England, Scotland, Wales, Ireland. We did a lot of overseas tours, which we had fun doing back with the West Hollywood Blonde stuff. But I also broke my neck again for the second time in 2002 and had a second neck surgery. And I was out for about 18 months. I really thought my career was probably over. And I got back into the fitness business, which is what I was doing before I started wrestling. And opened a personal training studio here in Charlotte, North Carolina, which I've had open since 2004 and we're still going. And so that's, that's I, I've had two jobs as an adult. And I've been a personal trainer and I've been a professional wrestler and neither one ever felt like work because I loved them both. So it's, it's fun for me and not a lot of people can say they love their work, but I truly do. And probably 2010-ish or so, I ran into one of my kids that I had helped train to wrestle years ago that we'd kind of fallen out of touch. And I grew up in a very strong Christian home and I was in church every Sunday and every Wednesday night and every Sunday night. And just if the doors were open, we had no open door policy, we were there, but while I wrestled, especially on TV, I'd gotten further away from my walk than ever I had in my life. And so when I ran to Scotty Matthews, a kid I trained back in 2000, he had found Jesus. So we started talking. And so I had gotten my life back on track. And I was a youth group leader at my church. And he and I formed a tag team called Team Fearless because we're fearless to stand on any street corner in any wrestling venue or any locker room and talk about our love for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we went from being the bad guy loading on TV with signs saying, you know, we hate these fans, this town's terrible, whatever. So now I come up with uh, Bible verses on my signs. I got Bible verses on my trucks and all my pictures. And it, it has been an absolute wonderful experience to take something I love, like wrestling, and be able to go to these shows and before the show and intermission after the show, meet and talk with kids and pray with people. And it's just turned into something really, really cool. Wow. Wow. I love to hear that. That's really great. <laughs> Incredible story. Very blessed. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm I'm really touched by it too. Like uh, I grew up in a Christian household as well, Lodi, and uh, yes, still am. So uh, it's great what you're doing. I love the shirt. I love Jesus. And uh, yes, please. you see this. I love Jesus, coffee, and naps. Shirt <laughs> I've ever had. That's the number one selling Lodi shirt of all time. <laughs> we got uh, yeah. me, Britain, North South, uh, buy one of those shirts someday. <laughs> I, will, I will get those out too quick. Oh, thank you, thank you. Oh. Uh, question there's a book that you made uh i believe it's uh perfect like uh great read if you can tell the viewers more about the book that uh you've made um i was a political science major in college and that's what my degree's in and so we wrote a lot and i'm a big reader and i'm a big fan of john grisham and i learned early on that you know, he was a lawyer and never aspired to be an author and the book a time to kill he said in a interview once he wanted to have a stack of papers in his office and people were like, Hey, what's that stack of papers? Like, Oh, I wrote a book one time and that's what a time to kill turned out to be. And so I wrote a book actually when Lenny and I were off TV for a while. I, it was when I first started putting it together and it's basically just a fiction work about the competitive bodybuilder, which was my life to a degree before I got into wrestling because I was a competitive bodybuilder. The book's totally fiction, but you know, I, I talk about Mark Twain says you write about what you know. 
I'm not writing about a Wall Street lawyer because I'm not a Wall Street lawyer. But uh, I, I, my editor was a client of mine in my personal training studio, and she had taught at Harvard, and she was in her early 80s. And to sit down and have her edit your book and go through, and um, it's quite an experience. We became really good friends, and she made me promise I would write another book before she passed away, and I didn't get that done, so I still owe Miss Elizabeth another book. So I've got to get one done sometime. I think this one's going to be a little bit different. We'll clean this one up a little bit, and we'll probably be a lot more about Jesus. Oh, amazing. It's amazing. amazing. Well, well, thank you so much, Lodi. And thank you so much for like, taking the time here and talking to us and um, sharing your story of like how you began wrestling and what you're doing now. And so thank you. Me. Thank you. No problem. One thank last you, question. Uh, where can people check you out? Where can people still keep up with Lodi? Yeah, so um, social media. Um, my Facebook is there's a Lodi page where I put a lot of my events and stuff. Twitter. Uh, it's Lodi One Brad Instagram. It's Lodi One Brad Lodi the number one and Brad is everything, and you can find me there. And then our our gym website has also our professional wrestling school on there. So our website is yourflexappeal.com. But I'm really proud of the wrestling school we have now. I've had for about three years, and I've had such wonderful guys come through there. And part of my goal is not to only teach them how to be wrestlers, but also be better men and women and hopefully lead them to Christ along the way. So that's the other side of what I'm doing now that I'm really proud of because I do know there are fewer days ahead of me in the wrestling ring than there are behind me. I can't do this forever. My body's not going to hold up. Everybody loses out to Father Time eventually. But I, I had the opportunity to work under a lot of really good instructors, a lot of really um, instrumental guys as far as knowing how to run this and do this business. So I'm just sharing that knowledge with some of the young kids now. Thank you so much. Very inspirational. Thank you. Well, this has been a wrap on another episode of Tea Time with Tommy with Tommy Norbs and me, Brittany, for this episode. Signing off, everyone. Thanks very much. My name is Lodi, and you're watching Tea Time with Tommy. Please subscribe below to Tea Time with Tommy. Hey, everyone, it's Brittany from Tea Time with Tommy, and don't forget to catch Tea Time with Tommy and click the subscribe button on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Spotify. And if you don't click the subscribe button, Tommy will be a very, very, very cranky old man. So let's not have that. So make sure you click the like and subscribe button. 